Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode. Today is the Mother's Day special and I'm here with my mother. Hello everyone, I'm Robin. Yes, my mother of 26 years. Um, I also have my sister here, Nia. She's probably not going to say much, but she's Hi. She's here. Okay, so mother, I'm going to ask you a few questions, okay? And we're just going to talk. Okay. So tell me about your life growing up. How was it? Interesting. <laughs> it was it was my normal, so it was it was what it was. Mm-hmm. How did you like being one of six? Um, it was tough at times because I I grew up with four brothers and one sister, and I was uh, number four. So for nine years, I was the only girl, and then my sister came along. And we were never really close because we were we had the nine year gap and actually again by the time I got married she was nine years old so we really never had a relationship until we got till she grew up and and became an adult. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. She was nine. She was nine wasn't when she, I got Wasn't married. she a flower girl? No. Yes. Or your shadow girl? Something like that. Yeah, I think oh, she's wow. flower shadow girl. <laughs> No, right. she was like a junior, yeah, something. I don't know. Wow. Okay. I'm trying okay. to picture the picture in my head, but. Oh my gosh. <laughs> did, you, did um? Do you think that the reason that you were one of four, I mean one of six, was the reason why you only wanted like you wanted a smaller family later on, or you just didn't want to? No, actually, um, and I was thinking about this a little bit when I was young. I know I got married very young, so when I say I, when I was younger, it sounds really crazy, but. <laughs> Uh, years before I got married, I used to think about having a family, and I always had the number four in my head. I always wanted four children really? until I got married and had children. <laughs> Changed my mind. Two is enough? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, reality uh, kind of set in, but I always wanted four. I like you. even numbers, um, okay. but not big even numbers. Okay. But that didn't really have an effect. Like the large family, you didn't think like... No, it wasn't because of okay. that. No. Because that's what some people say. I don't know. No, because my brothers and I, I mean, it, we really okay. didn't have close brother-sister relationship like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How is it like being the basically their second mom, feeding them all the time? Yeah, I felt a responsibility. Um, I I remember writing a paper in, in school and talking about my mother's unspoken expectations. Um, so when I was growing up, she was also a nurse, and um, she raised me to really take care of the family. It was part of my church upbringing, too, and mm-hmm. especially with regards to men, your, the husband or the, the boys, the men in the house, you kind of serve them um and take care of them. That's the way I grew up. So at the age of 12, and my mother was working nights, I was responsible for cooking dinner for the family. Um, We all had chores, but I had to make sure that my father and my brothers um, ate. So I would take uh, food, meat out of the freezer. And then when I got home from school, I would make a full-blown dinner for everyone. And I know- at 12. And then as I grew up, continued growing in, you know, middle school, high school, and especially when I got into high school, I, I love to cook and love yeah. to bake because my mother was also is also a baker. Yes. So when I was in high school, middle school and high school, and I had 
home economics and foods class. Um, I would love to come home and experiment with the recipes that I learned about in school. And my brothers always look forward to, you know, what are you <laughs> going to make? Is, right? make? <laughs> they that to this day. Uh, yeah, still to this day. <laughs> but um, but that, that was fun. I, I did find joy in doing that. And it sort of, it was my life and, and what I knew and what I was used to. So it was fine. I feel like that's how you are now still. Yeah. Cooking mm-hmm. all the time. Well, you don't cook as much, but. You cook. Okay, so um, let's talk about, since you got married young, that's kind of like the next mm-hmm. step. Tell me about how old you were when you got married. I was 19 years old when I got married. Uh, I would, I got married in June of 86, 88 rather, graduated in 86, 88. Oh <laughs> and um, I was, so I would have, I was going to turn 20 that same year, but I was 19 when I got married. <laughs> And um, daddy was 22. (laughs) Jeez. That's... (laughs) How was it like getting married? Well, that's like what everybody did. So did it feel weird? Right. So it didn't feel weird. It felt like that's what I was supposed to do. The church that I grew up in, a ton of young people, same age as myself, families with four, five, six children, same. And we all grew up together for years and years, just being in that church. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way it was in that church. Everyone got married 17, 18, not 17, 18, 19, 20-ish, very early on. So it it didn't feel weird to me or different. It just felt like that's the, next the way things were, and that's what I was supposed to do. So that's what we did. Just, that's so crazy. Yeah. I remember when I turned 19, I was like, I'm the age that you were when you got <laughs> married. And I was like, I could not imagine being married yeah. right now at all. Like, yeah. I don't even think my brain would be able to... I, I know, do it. but we dated for four years before we got married. So I was that's true. I was fifteen when we started dating, but my mother and father said I can have a boyfriend when I turn sixteen. So um, you was, was, do I say no? Do I say troll or daddy? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he um, his prom came up. But I was still 15, and he had to ask my parents if he could take me to the prom. And, of course, mm. you know, they allowed him to take me to the prom. But then we started started dating after that. But that was four years before. But you, that was at the church too, right? The whole time? Were you guys, like, but you? Yeah, we all, we both grew up there. So daddy was like my brother. Because Robert. my my Scotty, my middle brother, the little... He's Third the one closest brother. to you. Yeah, he's closest to me, uh-huh. two years. And um, and Daddy were best friends. Right, so right, right. he was always at the house and just felt like he was Scheming. my brother. Mm, <laughs> That's the way it is. Close friend. <laughs> well, I mean, close friend. Yeah, okay. okay. He wasn't my friend. My bestie. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So when you got married, was it a, was it a big adjustment? Like, going from... Well, obviously it's a big adjustment, but like... Did you did you feel like it was a big adjustment, or you just thought it was the next step in life, and I, I just have to like? Yeah, I felt like it was the next step because that's all I knew. It was an adjustment in a way because I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. So, and then the relationship that my mother and I had, like I start, like I said a few minutes ago, there were unspoken expectations, so we didn't have a lot of conversations about life. 
specific mm-hmm. things, what I should expect, like that he has with you girls at the table all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like those details about life and marriage and raising a family. So I would just go by what I saw and what mm-hmm. I thought I knew and the fantasy that I had in my head or the fairy tale, put it that way. Yeah. So when I was thinking about getting married growing up in that church, I had this fairy tale in my head and this is the way my life is going to be. This is the way I'm going to treat my husband. When I have children, this is the way I'm going to raise my children. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it was in my head. So I started off things in a way where probably I wouldn't advise anyone else because it just gets you in a situation where you're doing too much or, you know, these high expectations that don't really... Not realistic. Yeah, they're not realistic. So that's... Can you give an example? Um... So I wanted to do everything for my husband. I just, like, everything. (laughs) I know you girls always roll your eyes at me now. Even I don't do as much for him now as I used to do. (laughs) But, you know, just, like, fixing breakfast, lunch, and dinner, fixing the plates, taking it to him, taking his iron clothes. And just, like, he didn't have to do anything. I was doing everything. But it's what I wanted to do because it was this story I had in my head head of this is the way I, I want to um, treat my husband. And the other thing, too, is so, you know, I have four brothers. They had a lot of girlfriends in and out of our house when, when I was growing up. Sometimes nice, sometimes not. Or, you know, I would just sit there and watch all of this stuff. I almost felt like um, the color purple when um, <laughs> she's sitting there just looking and watching everybody going past her. That's the way I felt in that house, just watching my brother's live their lives and Mm -hmm. some things I was seeing I'm like hmm that won't be me or I'm not (laughs) and I didn't understand some of the stuff that was going on but I just knew it didn't seem right Right. so I just said okay I I had those things in the back of my head so all of that coupled with growing up in church and just like so I just created my own narrative and this is the way I want things to be so like I said, I didn't know what I didn't know. And all of those mm-hmm. things, probably, I'm sure, they were not necessary. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense when you put yeah. it like that. That's a good That's good advice, in a way. Okay. Yeah. But overall, I guess it worked out because, you know, y'all still, <laughs> here. still here. How many years is it? Um, it'll be 34 years next month. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. 34 years with someone. I always say you've been with dad more than you've been by yourself. Yeah. And that is crazy to mm-hmm. me. And daddy said that he's known you more than, I guess you guys I met when you were like five or six yeah, or seven we were or something. Really oh my young. gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. How'd you keep a long lasting marriage? <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> well, I mean, most marriages don't. But some people, you guys never say, like, some people like, we've been together for, like, 16 years, married for, like, yeah. but you guys don't do that. You just say you're married. But we just talk about the, been, yeah, about the four extra you've years. You've been together for a lot of years before yeah. that. And even, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not been easy, but um, for, for me in particular, I'm just grateful for my faith and um, you know, when things get hard and things get tough and knowing that 
um, you know, when, when you're a believer and you, you have a relationship with the Lord, you have hope. Mm-hmm. So you kind of lean in that direction and you lean on that and it kind of brings you through the other side or it sustains you mm-hmm. even, you know, when things are not going well. But we, you know, we built the life. We have two daughters. We've done a lot of things and we just try to find our way back if, if you know, things get off track. Yes. I don't want to talk about career too much, but you did have, you were, you went to school when you were in the early part of your marriage, mm-hmm. right? Was that hard <clears throat> trying to do that? So it was just the two of us at the time. And so that's one thing that I can say growing up in the church that I grew up in, um, it wasn't a lot of emphasis put on uh, continued education or college or trade maybe because they did a lot of community stuff and house building and things like that but there just wasn't a lot of emphasis put on that I really don't know maybe because my mother was a nurse I don't know but Mm -hmm. since I was about five or six years old I wanted to be a nurse and I don't know where that came from um Troll said is it was probably divine something divinely imprinted in me because um, there's there's just no I I really when I was teaching nursing school that would be a question that I would ask my students Mm -hmm. the first class and everybody had a story oh my grandmother was sick or this happened or that Mm -hmm. happened I had this experience and I I want I wanted to become a nurse I didn't have anything like that happen to me and. I would just always ask my mother for Christmas for a nurse kit. Um, and these are the things that I like now. Um, nurse kit, a sewing machine, and an easy bake oven. What is a nurse kit? That is you wrapped up in Yeah, right. I know. And <laughs> so every year I would ask either for the same thing or if I if some my easy bake oven broke, I would ask for another one. I didn't really play with dolls. I had maybe two dolls. So I, I always wanted to be a nurse. And Scotty, my brother... Um, closest to me he was always my patient Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he wanted the candy that came in the uh, nurse kit that that was good and plenty at the time (laughs) Um, so it was always in me and you know when I got into high school I was able to become a candy striper and then after that I became a certified nursing assistant when I applied to nursing school and it just I was just determined to become a nurse. So when I got married, my whole focus was finishing nursing school because um, it was just very important to me that I had something of my own, you know, watching my parents' marriage and the way it was and Mm -hmm. just seeing things in the world, um, which is something that I hope I transfer to my daughters with being somewhat independent. Even when you're married, you I feel that it's important that you have something for yourself. And that was very important for me to finish my nursing program before I had children. This was the RN? Just the, the RN? Yeah, my associates, but we okay. you can become a registered nurse with an associate's right. degree. So I... Um, I was just determined whether I was in church, you know, it didn't matter. I was always studying. I knew it wasn't easy and I had to Mm -hmm. do whatever it took. I made sure that I took my birth control pills because I was not having a baby (laughs) before. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) Because I, that, it was just that important to me. I didn't Mm -hmm. know a lot of things, honestly, when I was 19, 20 years old. I didn't know a lot about life or anything, but that was something that, 
And I don't remember a lot of things, but that, <laughs> that I, and you girls know that, but that I, I remember like it was yesterday that it was so important that I, I had to do that. And it was true. This career has truly blessed my life. Like up until this point, I, I can tell tons of stories, but, yes. um, so, we'll talk about but I career. believe it was meant, it was, it was in, it was in God's plan for me to be a nurse. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Of course. We'll talk about a little more of that later. Um, but let's talk about motherhood. Mm-hmm. Did you always want to be a mom? Do I, you think? I think that at, in the moments when I thought about getting married, yes, I, I always wanted to mm-hmm. then have children. Yes. And then you mm-hmm. said you wanted the four. You wanted time? the four. I mean, but for sometimes I probably wasn't thinking about no. it, but... <laughs> It's okay. I'm just, well, I'm just saying. I'm thinking back. You know, no, not while I was jumping double dutch down the street. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, double dutch jump. Did you ever do uh, com- competitions? Or you just no, we it? we didn't, but we jumped a lot in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did competitions. Yeah, um, in the street and at school. At yeah, but not, nothing. Nothing for real. on that level. I <laughs> probably could have if you wanted to. Okay, so um. You did have a hard time having me, right? I did, yeah. So the years that um, it took, yeah, it took me about seven years. Wait, 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 wait. seven years. What? Wait a minute, let me count. You had me at twenty-seven. Yeah, I was twenty-seven, but I I got married at nineteen. But you said you weren't trying to have a kid, so you finished. No, school. I wasn't. So I'm talking about finishing school. That was gonna be. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so the. Oh, I thought you meant for trying. It was actually five, but then two years with trying. Because as soon as I finished school, I started trying to to get pregnant. And then, so that was two years later. So it took two years? close to two years. Um, well, the nine months, and then I had you. So, you know, a, a year and a half or so to, to get pregnant. But at the moment when I was going to explore, like, trying to figure out why I couldn't get pregnant, I got pregnant. Mm. Yeah. So we was, yeah. So, I mean, compared to some other people's stories, women's stories, it wasn't as traumatic or it didn't take as long. But, again, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. Um, being that, that young, so... But how about for Nia? That wasn't that bad. Um, for Nia, it did. I I tried. We started trying like right after we had you because I wanted to have back to back, just so what? that the girls, so that who whatever I had would you, the two children would grow up together and be close. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a good idea. I don't advise that for anyone. Um, <laughs> you know, if you listen to the last episode where Ashley, her mom and dad did the right thing because they were four years apart. And so when you're paying a five, when you're paying for college and different things like that, having that space mm-hmm. is that's a good idea. Okay, but I wasn't thinking. <laughs> I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking at the time. So with Nia, it didn't happen immediately. But I didn't. We didn't really have the same uh, problems that or issues that we had with with Maya. She popped right out, right? Uh, so kind of, sort of V back too. Who? Vaginal birth after cesarean. Because right. I had a C-section with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, I, you know, I love talking about how um, giving birth and birthing and stuff like that. Yeah. But you did say that you wanted me. I was your first child. Yes. So you had a lot of expectations for I me. I did. I did. Um, uh, I did a lot of research. And actually where I worked, we had an OBGYN department. We had midwives. I was well-versed in all of that. I was really... Um, 
intrigued by the whole process and and that's what I wanted for myself. I wanted to um, have a midwife and mm-hmm. I wanted to have a water birth. I wanted everything to be natural. Um, some of the my girlfriends, we all were kind of pregnant around the same time. Mm-hmm. And we were reading this book, Supernatural Childbirth, because we were believing that we wouldn't have any pains or in childbirth. <laughs> what? That didn't work. We were all <laughs> we reading the book. But anyway, with you, Maya, I, you know, I was going to a place where there was a birthing center. Mm-hmm. We had a midwife named TT. That's the British one. Um, yes. That's <laughs> and why we I were speak all, with an accent. <laughs> we were all set hey, to go. Um, Did you pass away? No. Who's so. the lady that? The pediatrician. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. So we were all set to go. Um, I even so I started having issues with Maya as time went on. I think at one point you were even breech, and um, mm, I had I to was. have a special procedure. It was not a internal procedure, but they were able to turn the baby. They were like pushing you, yeah, stuff? on the outside, even checking with ultrasound. Dang. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> And then when we when I went into labor, um, going into labor, my blood pressure started to rise, and mm-hmm. I was, was believing that I wouldn't have to take any medication. So for a long time, I was suffering through labor. I was in labor for twenty three hours, so suffering mm-hmm. through without <laughs> any medication. I I <laughs> <laughs> you should have read that book when you had me. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, then my, my, since my blood pressure had gone up, uh, we weren't able to do the birth, the water birth. So I that had was the to, only reason. Something else must have happened. I can't remember, but I know my pressure was was up, um, and they had to monitor me in the hospital because the birthing center was part of the hospital, but in a different area. But I had to be in the hospital portion. Oh, yeah. So, um, and then it was failure to progress too. So it was I wasn't. Um, Dilating? dilating fast uh, enough. That's why I had to have a C-section? Well, when my pressure went up and I still hadn't dilated enough, then um, I, when I heard them say the blood pressure when they took it, I turned around and I told them to take the baby. Because I already know. Like, I heard it, the numbers, and I said, nope, that's not safe. You can take the baby. Wow. <laughs> you told them you were a nurse? I think they knew that by then, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't always divulge that, especially in hospital settings. If I'm in a hospital, because I want the same treatment, you mm. know, I don't want them to not do things or cut corners because oh, she doesn't need it or she already knows. But no, I, I don't. I'm, okay. I'm here as a patient. <laughs> okay. Until you have to say something. Yeah. Until I have to. Until yeah. I know you said yeah. Okay. Okay. So then you had me. Yeah, so then I had. But it was still in all, it was um, a great experience because I was able to um, have an epidural and still be awake for the delivery. Mm-hmm. So um, even though it was a C-section, I was still awake. Mm, lovely. Yeah. So it wasn't. But you, you couldn't. Know. Don't they have the little panels, right? You can't they did see. have a panel there. Daddy was there, and it, you know he was able to be there for the whole thing. So it was still a little different than you know just going having to have an emergency C section and oh. you know no <laughs> we weren't doing all that stuff twenty six years ago. Nineteen ninety five. 
Okay, interesting. Didn't um didn't you say I had a I didn't like latch or something? Yeah. So did you when... have like the, did you have a place of postpartum? Did you say that made you sad? Well, yeah, the whole breastfeeding experience sort of made me sad with you, Maya. (laughs) Nia made up for it. But um, because in my mind and even in my birthing plan and everything, I just had everything in my head and, and written the way I wanted it to be. And I thought about it for a long time. So, um and again, my profession and being where I, I was a Lamaze teacher, so I knew all of these things, and I really wanted um, to breastfeed. It's the best thing for the baby. Mm-hmm. But Maya, you, did, you didn't okay. want to latch on. <laughs> you know, I had a hard time, and then once you did, it took a while for, for me to heal and it, for it to you know be okay. Mm-hmm. But then after all of that, and we got into a rhythm, at four months, you just decided you didn't want to Ooh. breastfeed anymore. And I would try to, you know, give you the breast and you would turn your head. You would at turn your months? head at four months. And, mm. and you can ask your godmother. I was devastated. I, <laughs> I was Sorry, really, girl. really. Deny me. <laughs> so we had to just, you know, go the route of uh, the, bottle. the bottle. And and that was it. We're on the other hand with Nia. Everything, you know, she latched on, you know, it's sore in the beginning, but she um, nursed fine, nursed all the time exclusively um, and did not ever take a bottle. (laughs) Um, So and then I had to take Nia off the breast cold turkey because I think, you know, I'll say that, you know, 24 now you would still be nursing, (laughs) but it was it was really hard. Really hard, but I, I, I nursed Nia until she was eighteen months. So what's the what would, what's the suggested age to? I I think to each his own. I mean, even with Nia, because she remember we talked about the growth chart and she was oh, under yeah. the um the the weight range for her age and yeah, just for her age. Um, and but she had her own pattern or her own oh, curve yeah. on the growth chart. So somebody like her, because my mother and I, we didn't get into it, but my mother kept encouraging me to continue to to nurse her. But, you know, because she was tiny. So somebody like her, I could have continued. But it was just a lot with with everything I had going (laughs) on. Enough is enough. So we just just stopped. I just stopped. Yeah. But she was eating and everything by then, so it wasn't, you know, all wasn't lost. And then the whole milk thing with Nia, she didn't drink milk still. Well, now you do a little bit in your oatmeal, but you know, you don't. So that's the other thing. So just getting her her vitamins and nutrients through the formula or the milk, it's just she didn't drink milk at all. And we had to figure all of that stuff out. And I had to find different ways to get calcium in her and vitamin D. So... Still yeah, do. it was it was this a struggle. <laughs> All right. Um, how is it adjusting from having one child to then having two? Or did you just have to do it? Yeah, it um it was just what we did. It was our life. And I think, you know, when I think back to um us raising you 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 girls, I still always had in my head, you know, w- how I wanted you to look, you know, I would drive an hour to a store on a Saturday morning because I didn't want you to have the same dress on as someone else in the, in the church. Sorry. 
I would. I would drive and then... You know, my mother was always on my case about the kind of shoes that you had to wear. So I would, again, drive to a store that wasn't close by. When you got two babies at home? Yeah, I had to take you with me to get the shoes. But the dresses, I would just go drive to East Hanover on a Saturday morning to the stores over there. And Mm. just, you know. So I always had (laughs) stuff in my head of how I wanted you to look what I wanted you to wear um, the experiences and exposure that we wanted y'all to have Mm -hmm. so um, even though it was a crazy time in our lives because we were always running 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 I know one time my you said we are overbooked and Mm -hmm. but it was just daddy and I we just felt like I mean he would go along with a lot of stuff that I you know Mm -hmm. was thinking about (laughs) but but it was just important to yeah. us to for and and I I think we were doing the best we could with with what we thought was the best, best for you. Yeah. Yes. How did you get to that point? Because you were raised in such a strict, um, churchy household mm-hmm. or church. Yeah. You know, for us to be traveling and doing all these activities, mm-hmm. where did the shift take place? I I, I honestly. That's a good question. And even being in even being in that home and in that church, so look at me, you know, I, I, I can't even think of I can't count on one hand how many young people in my church that I grew up with and went to college. I can't count on one hand. Mm-hmm. So where did I get that from? Right. I don't know. Um, and then and even even then back then I, I've I don't want to say I was different. I mean, I have air quotes up, but I think I was misunderstood back then. And it it caused me a little trauma, like when I think about it, because Mm -hmm. in my heart, I wasn't trying to be anybody but who I was. So I wasn't, you know, and and I'm raised in a home where my mother sort of has certain things that she would do for us. She didn't have a lot. And my father was doing his thing from time to time. And it was struggle for my mother sometimes. But she made sure, like, we dressed a certain way. Like, she did her best. So maybe some of that I pulled from that unknowingly. But it was a little different for me and, and my brothers, too, growing up in that church. But as far as, you know the education or whatever, I there was no one around me, anyone, yeah, no one doing exactly. that. So I don't know. And then for me, I guess just always having these ideas in my head or seeing whether it's TV or my experiences at work, you know, talking to other people and seeing mm-hmm. what they did, you know, thinking that, you know, my girls are, are, you know, good, just as good as theirs, you know, why can't we have these experiences? And then gr- Working and even living in an area and under well working in the underserved community or whatever I, I also would think well I need to do a little bit more I need to show my daughters that there's more in this world than you know your surroundings or whatever mm-hmm. and to then when it's your turn to go to college or to apply for things what what makes you stand you know I used to always say that mm-hmm. you know you put your resume against someone else's if I didn't send you to 4H and do all of these things then what makes you stand out from the other person who just went to high school and they're applying to college and you have the same resume what is it on your resume or your application that's different from theirs that 
they will pick yours up and, and put it on the side and say, yeah. we need to contact this individual here. So I, I don't know. I think just... It could be that. It, yeah. it could be. But I was always thinking, you know, just trying to make sure that you were kind of set apart and exposed and just like, I don't want to say a different level. I don't want people to take it the wrong way, but... Mm -hmm. But that was that. what it was, though. Yeah. We did do a lot of... Explosions. Yeah, you we did were, a yeah, ton. We did a lot of stuff at one point. I don't know if it was every day, but... Oh, I don't know. Every I mean, weekend. Every, yeah. every week. We were doing some <laughs> odd, You know, hard. plays, everything. Just anything that was mm -hmm. different. Even our vacations. I know that there was a man that I used to work with who raised three girls and um, I think one or two of them have their PhD. Mr. Balkum, you remember? Mm -hmm. I, re I talked to him a lot because he was raising three girls and mm -hmm. um, we had a lot of good conversations and him and his wife, wherever they went for vacation, they would visit the college or university, the big college or university in that area, even uh -huh. when they were little girls, just exposing them and kind of getting them ready so when it's time to go to college even though times have changed now where every college is not for everyone but this is back then mm -hmm. um then it's then this this is what he told me he told me that you know it won't be a a second thought this is what all they know and this is what i've been instilled right, right. in them this is the way they're going to get to the next step so when it was time for his three girls to go to college they did it you know it wasn't no back talk you know it's just where are we where, where are we going mm -hmm. and what are we going to do and now like I said I think two of them might have their PhD so that's what you know mm -hmm. we try to do you know when we went to Boston and you know taking you to Harvard or whatever but mm -hmm. just little things like that so I would glean from other people and their experiences and then especially if I thought it was a positive one and something that we definitely need to incorporate in our routine then that's that's what I did Yes. That's what we did. did. Yes. Yes. We did. appreciate it. We do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we can, when you said that that's all they know, I feel like that is all that we know, like the way that we've grown up. Like, you know, like when we talk to people who didn't necessarily grow up the way we did, not that we look at them like with like a crooked face, but it's almost like, I don't know how to like we're just so used to to doing things and like going places. Yeah, like that's our normal, and some people don't even like to leave their town, but that's yeah. their normal. But we're always like, well, like, what do you mean you don't want to see the world, or what do you mean you don't want to go outside or paint a picture? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just like just even small things like that. It's just interesting to see our like contrast from not the everyday person, but other people that have lived yeah. other lives. But to us, that's just that's just all we did. Like that's all we that's really all we knew. Yeah, and it it worked out. Yeah, yeah, it did. I think we're, we're really exhausted, but it worked. Are you happy? Are you happy? Okay. <laughs> so then, do you think that the the idea you had in your in your mind on how you wanted to raise us actually played out to be what it was, or do you think that? I mean, of course, you had to make adjustments here and there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think laying that foundation and exposing you girls to as much as we could have. Um, as you were growing up and the conversations that we had and the places that we've traveled to, I do think that it shaped you and it, it, it balanced you and it, you know, gives you a lot to talk about. You have culture. It's just, no, I think we accomplished what we set out to accomplish for sure. I think so. We love that. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Um, shifting over back to you and your career. 
So you did mention that you were a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just br- briefly, like, <laughs> can you just like briefly go over the the timeline of your evolution? Because you you've had a few jobs, a few positions, a few rankings. Sure. So just talk about how you. I don't want to say you climbed up the ladder, but you climbed up the ladder a little bit. Yeah, I did. Yes. Okay. So a little bit. A lot of it. Yeah, that's not a downplay. Let me go on your email and get your actual title. Let me get to that part. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, like I said, I always wanted to be a nurse. So when I finished my first uh, degree in nursing, was an associate in uh, nurse associates in science, and um. You can become a registered nurse in, in a two-year program, two years, two-and-a-half-year pro, two program. And that's what I did. So I became a registered nurse. Um, I worked. I was selected to work at a hospital, and they had a special program for graduate nurses. Everything has changed in the nursing world, but I was the last class where they had these um, graduate nurses, GNs. In the hospitals? Just graduating because I was the last class that took a written test, paper test. Everything oh. after my class is electronic. Interesting. So at the time when I took my boards, you don't get your results for three months, like about three, three, months. three months. So during that three months, you can get a job or the job that you get hired to. You can't sign after your name for nurses, except for at Summit, we don't do that. <laughs> um, after you sign your name, like when you're documenting in the patient's chart, you sign your name and you put RN. I will put RN after my name. Mm-hmm. But until I w- received my license and, and that I passed that test, mm-hmm. um, I was still a graduate nurse. So it was GN after my name. Oh. So. Um, the hospital that I was hired at, they still hired us. We had to we had to work with a preceptor, and I had to sign my name with G in after my name. Mm-hmm. So I was working there. Um, it was in the coronary care unit. Got into this nice preceptorship program. So I was doing that. At, a few months later, my um, sister in law ex-sister-in-law now, but anyway, still love her. Um, she was working at a community health center and she's like, Robin, we need, you know, nurses in the evening. Can you want to work here per diem or, or whatever? So I said, sure. I mean, it was just Charles, daddy and I, husband and I, and um, we didn't have any children. So I was like, sure, I'll do a couple nights, um, five to eight. So mm-hmm. I was doing that at a community health center. So I did the hospital for a little bit and was still doing that. And I just started thinking, like, this hospital is not for me, especially in the coronary care unit, people coding. That's tubes, what grandma was saying. Tubes <laughs> everywhere. It was a lot. As for a new graduate, it was mm-hmm. just a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went through the modules and everything, but I think if I didn't have that experience to compare it to at the community health center, I would have stuck it out at the hospital. But I had that. And there was just something about that place that really, I guess, tugged at my heartstrings and just it kind of fit my personality. And I really liked it. So I just said and I asked them, I said, do you have anything here full time? They said, no, we don't have anything full time, but. Um, you can work here per diem full time, and I was like, okay, okay I'll that? take what it. Per diem is an, what's per diem full time? Well, it's I guess I don't get the benefits and all that a full time person would get. Oh, so, so I'm 30, just or- yeah, just they just give me the hours, but there's no benefits that go with it. Mm. 
So finally, I did get a full-time job there. I left the hospital. And I think if I had one regret to talk about, that would be leaving the hospital sooner than I should have as a, a new nurse. Mm-hmm. But it all worked out. But if, I, if I'm honest, that, that's my one regret. Um, but I went there, I worked, and then we had um, internal medicine, we had pediatrics, we had OBGYN and dental. I don't have anything to do with dental. But through my per diem work there, I worked in every department. They would they would float me around. Mm-hmm. I would go wherever they told me to go. And after being there a little over a year, the pediatric nurse manager, she left. So, and I it was full-time there. So then the director of nursing came to me and she said... You know, so-and-so left, you know, do you want to take this job? The nurse manager job. And I said, I said, (laughs) um, sure, sure, I'll take it. I mean, I'm a new nurse, new there. I didn't know what I was doing. And I said, you know, if you all are going to mentor me, sure, I'll take it. So I took the pediatric nurse manager's job there. Oh, wow. And, um... Right. How you going to be a manager? I know. So I just kind of learned the ropes there. I, you know, learned the role. I started understanding more about nursing and what I was supposed to be doing as a nurse and also a leader. And I did that for 16 years in that role. And mm-hmm. then as a, as a pediatric nurse manager, I grew with the organization. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, my last five year, four, five years there, I was the director of clinical services. So my education piece, while I was there for maybe, I don't know, eight, 10 years, I went back to school to get my bachelor's. I was a nurse for 10 years before I got my bachelor's. So I went back to school. I got my bachelor's in nursing. And then when I was approaching the time to apply for the director's um, position, my chief medical officer at the time, she met with me and she said, Robin, if you want this job, it's yours. Because my boss that had the position, she was retiring. She said, if you want the job, it's yours, but you have to get in the graduate program. I said, not a problem. (laughs) So so I I enrolled into a graduate program and... Mm -hmm. um, started on my master's degree and I got that that position and I was in that position for six years until I moved to the job that I have now mm-hmm. um, and I when I was offered the position where I'm at now I started as an associate director mm-hmm. and then they changed it to director after a few years and then about a year ago, they um, What's the title? promoted me to senior director of um, primary senior. care uh-huh. uh, clinical operations. Right. So that's my role now. Um, wow, <laughs> we love it. Yeah, it's it's. Um, how many uh, how many uh, locations do you oversee? <laughs> I have about thirty-one offices that I oversee in primary mm, care. Right. I have a team that works with me. Talk I'm truly it. blessed. Talk they are an amazing team. And um, and the staff that goes along with that, we manage the physicians and the advanced practice nurses and uh, physician assistants. But uh, primary care is what we do, so yes. that's that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> we love it. We love to see it. We love to. But see I put it. my time in, and um, actually through it all, if it's just any encouragement to anyone else, I always try to stay true to myself. 
I tried to be who I who I am. Um, I had the my eyes on a prize at all times, and I just always tried to be myself. And you hear my girls, you know, asking me to say who I am and what I do and my title. But when I'm working, I I, I don't want to intimidate anyone. So, and I want my team and my staff and everyone to know that I am part of the team. So whatever it mm-hmm. takes for them to see that, to gain that trust and to um, develop those relationships, that's what I do. It's not all about the titles to me. I'm very grateful for my career and my career path and and, and journey. I'm very grateful and blessed, but um, I just had to do it my way Mm -hmm. and stay true to myself. And it worked for me. Sure did. Sure did. Wow. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> we reap the benefits we sure did <laughs> um what would you say that you're most proud of throughout your career i mean i'm proud of the journey i really am like i said doing it my way because there were a lot of uh, executives and other people that said things to me over the course of my career that i had to um speak up more or just be somebody that I'm not and I refuse to change who I am Uh, so and then I saw after I refused I could see how you know physicians and my team they just we just bonded I didn't have to do all of those Mm -hmm. things and I'm proud of not changing who I am at my core And the other piece of it, I think I'm most proud. I don't even know if this is a proud, but I think the part of my career that I enjoyed the most, if I could say, mm-hmm. is my community health work. So my the first part of my career, just working at the community health center for all those years, that that is a job that I would still be at if there wasn't, you know, if some things didn't happen at that place because it was really for me all about the community, mm-hmm. all about the patients. I I really felt in my heart that if I didn't come to work, that a patient, a parent, a grandmother, someone wouldn't get the service that they need because everybody doesn't understand the story. Right. Everybody has a story. And if you don't stop to listen to the story, you miss it. You miss everything. And you miss where you could be a blessing. You miss where you can help somebody. Um, and, and I didn't see that every day when I was there. I had to teach my staff how to stop, wait a minute, and listen. We don't have to go by the policy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have to make sure that we're providing a service that you know people need. And I really miss that. That that to me, that work mm-hmm. is the Lord's work. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it just did, it, it was everything to me. So that that I truly miss. Because it's different than where we are now. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, none of that. it's different. <laughs> okay. And then um, really quickly, we're almost done. But um, do you want to talk about how you've kind of, you've, like how you decided to, or when did you decide to start doing like your passion projects on the side and start taking them more seriously um, as a business? Um, <clears throat> so my journey to holistic healthcare, um, it just, it started by me working in the community health center, seeing people in my community and um, 
people that look like me have all these bad outcomes. It just, you know, every day, all the chronic conditions, all the diabetes, hypertension, all of that. And I'm thinking like, what is going on? And then my father passing away from complications of diabetes. I'm looking at myself thinking, you know, I I need to do better for myself. Mm -hmm. So I started on this journey with nutrition and thinking, you know, I really need to change the way we eat and just learning more about that. And the more you dig, the more you find out. So it wasn't just nutrition. Once I started doing research, it was, you know, the environment and what I put on my skin, what what kind of uh, dishes or, or containers we use. So mm-hmm. it was all of that. So as one thing led to another, we started changing things in our home mm-hmm. and um, getting my family on board. That was my first, uh, my first consumers <laughs> of yes. this new way of living. But, you know, once I was able to explain it and, um, you know, Maya is a, a earth girl here anyway, so it wasn't really too hard for yeah. her to, to grasp the concept. <laughs> and she's taught me a lot of things. So together in this family, that's what we did. And then when I started, a lot of DIYs because of chemicals and, you know, soaps and uh, lotions and detergents, you know, then I started making everything myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what started it. And I think more so the body butter is really what made me turn the corner because I was making a lot of it for us. Mm-hmm. And then I was also giving it out for gifts for to yeah. my girlfriend's family. And then um, one in particular, uh, your godmother, she would tell me like, I don't want it anymore unless I pay for it. So, and then, you know, family, they'll take it. They'll yeah, give me some more. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, she, she kept telling me that. And, you know, others, I think Auntie Kim may have said it a few times, but so then I just started thinking, you know, maybe there is something to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I got, I went, I took some uh, certification classes to get certified as a holistic health coach and, um, life coach and some other stuff that I was doing. So I just decided, you know, well, maybe it's time to go ahead and make it official. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, um, and I wanted to, of course, spread the word. It was it was enough for me to be able to share it with anybody that I came in contact with. Right. I love to just give. I don't want anything in return. I, I love to do that, but um, my... Um, business manager sitting here next to me, (laughs) (laughs) Nia, she does not allow me to do that. So, so, um, so it's evolving. It's still in its infant stages. We have a long way to go, but I'm pretty good. Yeah. When we launched, we made made a little penny, a pretty penny. We did. We did. For the first day. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it, it, we have, you know, repeat customers and Mm -hmm. you know but we have a ways to go okay in closing um what is one thing that you want us as your daughters to know and what is one thing that you want women everywhere to know if you could tell us one thing one thing i wrote a bunch of stuff here okay well Um, we could just say what you wrote (laughs) (laughs) but one thing for my daughters i don't know it'd be hard to say one thing i was okay be fearless <laughs> um, take chances, and the sky is the limit. I guess that's more than one thing, but it's all kind of the same thing. It's good yeah, go yeah. Okay. And stay true to yourselves. That's one more thing. 
Okay. And what would you say to women? I, I would like to just, I jotted down a, a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, inspired by Morgan Harper Nicole. Nicole. Yes. Um, and I just, you know, I hope it's an encouragement to everyone, no matter where you are, what phase of life you're in, not to feel bad or, or beat yourselves up because, you know, you think you should be further along than you are or you don't even know where you're going. So I just tried to find something that would encourage you to just hang in there and um, be okay and keep pushing. Mm-hmm. So um, just bear with me. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's you are worthy of... <laughs> she can't read her. Uh, okay, it's I'm ready now. It's you are worthy of the same love you give to be fully present you're worthy to live out loud to be heard and to be valued timing you can fulfill your dreams as long as you have breath learning to make the best of where you are has no time joy is timeless remember to be still let stillness remind you that in the present moment you don't have to make sense of it all You don't have to figure it all out right here and right now. Just breathe deep and realize in this very moment, you are gathering your strength you need that you will will prepare for what is to come. Hope. Today may look different from what you planned a year ago. And this is also true through every change. Now you know the morning still shines. You are still here, still finding peace, still pursuing growth and wisdom. Soon you will become who you were meant to be. In between, in between where you are and where you want to be, there is endless, boundless peace. There is an opportunity to be still and find yourself. In the gaps between the past and the future, realizing this is the place you were called to come alive. If you embrace this moment, the in-between time, some things will be difficult, some will be easier, some will make sense, some, some, <laughs> some things will leave you with questions. But altogether, those mountains and valleys create a landscape that somehow through it all, Everything finds its place. Trust. Trust the process. Trust that the future can still be beautiful. You still have an opportunity to live, to learn, and to grow. In closing, always practice gratitude. When you sit in stillness and really think about your life with a heart of gratitude, it makes you appreciate what time you have rather than what you don't. This can change your life because it is the single most powerful source of inspiration that any of us can tap into. So stop and pay attention to the simplistic beauty, the simplistic beauty and miracle of life. Thank you, everyone, for listening. (laughs) That was so good, Mother. Thank you so much for joining my podcast on the Mother's Day special. Um, thanks everybody for listening and we will see you on the next one. You got a song? Oh. Um, all of our songs is probably PJ's album. I know you may be crying better.
Thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Woo!